Welcome to Church Online. We're so thankful that you guys are joining us this weekend. Hey, last weekend we finished up our Friends of the Family series. How many of you guys enjoyed that series? I thought it was so phenomenal. Such great speakers, such great content. Hey, maybe take a second. Maybe there was something that stuck out to you in the messages over the last couple weeks. Put in the comments some of the things that you walked away with. What hit you? How are you different because of those messages? But actually, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Shayla. I am Pastor TJ's wife and I'm excited to get to bring you God's word today through a message that he has placed on my heart. But before we dive in, I wanna let you guys know about a couple things that we have coming up here at Coastal. You know, first, we're so desperate to see your face and so desperate to make a difference that we're actually doing something in this season called Pack the Pantry. And so on Tuesdays and Thursdays from nine in the morning till three in the afternoon, we would love for you guys to come and to drop off canned goods, dry goods, and as you do that, we're going to give you an air five, you know, smile, air hug, whatever that looks like. But we're also going to give you some coastal swag when you drop that stuff off because we just want to make a difference and we want to be able to see you. So drive through, drop something off. Also, man, relationships are so important, especially in this season. And coming up in September, we're going to be launching a new Connect Group season. And we're looking for Connect Group leaders. So if you're interested in leading a Connect Group, if you'll go to coastalcommunity.tv lead, we would love for you guys to sign up to lead a Connect Group so that we can provide those come December, get people connected in relationship with God and others. Because at Coastal, we say all the time, we do life together. And so we we want to create opportunities for that to happen. You know, this morning as we get ready to dive in, I don't know about you guys, but this season has felt like such a battle. And I don't know what battles you guys have been walking through, but it just feels like it's been so heavy. And, and I don't know what you're battling, but I think we're battling so many different things. And it, and it seems like no matter what's around the corner, it's like we're facing another battle, another difficulty, another challenge. You know, I think so many people are battling isolation in this season. We're battling fear. We're battling racism. We're battling family issues. We're, we're battling so many different things that feel so heavy. Maybe we're battling our viewpoints on going back to school or sending kids back from school to school or staying home. There's so many things right now that feel so heavy. And I don't know about you guys, but in this season, my heart has been weighed down so much especially over these last few days as I've had conversations with families and individuals and single moms and all of these different people that are facing some really heavy things. And as I've been having those conversations and I've been praying, I've heard so many tragedy kind of things that are taking place, tragedy because of isolation because of financial ruin, because of um, disagreements that have turned to destruction and families. There's been so many different things that people are facing right now in this, in this season. And I know that in this season, it hasn't all been bad. There's been some good stuff. There's been some exciting stuff. But there's been some things that God has brought out of this season that I'll ever want to discount. But I can't help but feel this heavy, heavy weight and feel grieved over the division and destruction that the enemy has brought in the season. And over the last few weeks, I've spent a lot of time journaling and reading 
and praying. And my heart for all of us, and that's what this message is going to be about, is that we would realize the battle we're in and how we can fight that battle as believers and as Christians. You know, earlier this week, I, I was praying, I was preparing, and God brought me to this verse that I want to teach on today. And I think it's a beautiful picture of what our responsibility as believers look like in this battle season that we're facing. And so if you guys will turn in your Bible, open up your Bible, open up your Bible app, whatever that looks like for you, you can read along on the screen if you're watching at home. But we're going to pick up in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, and it says this. It is true that we live in the world, but we do not fight from worldly motives. Hello, preach Jesus, okay? The weapons we use in our fight are not the world's weapons, but God's powerful weapons, which we use to destroy strongholds, we destroy false arguments, and we pull down every obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God. That means everything that comes against who we know God is, love and peace, and, and he brings justice, and he's a restorer, and he's a redeemer, and all of the good things that we know God is. It says we pull down every obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. You know, this weekend I want to begin to break down this passage of scripture a little bit because God showed me so much as I was studying this. And the first thing that I walked away with in this scripture was this, is we have got to recognize that you're not like everybody else. In 2 Corinthians 10.3, it starts off and it says, It is true that we live in the world, but we do not fight from worldly motives. What this verse is saying is, yes, we live in this world, but we are not like everybody else. We don't fight like everybody else. We don't respond like everyone else. And I think in this season, it's been so easy to respond out of emotion or frustration or tension or disunity. It's been so easy to just respond in the moment. And so many times when we respond in the moment, it's a worldly response motivated by emotion and frustration. When somebody hurts you, what do you want to do? You want to hurt them back. When somebody posts something that you don't like, I see people all the time posting their passive-aggressive comments back. When you don't agree with political stances that people have, you start believing that the other side is the enemy. We begin to cancel people and organizations and families and friendships. Come on, church. We are in this world, but we don't fight like the world. Our response needs to be different. We are different. Our fight doesn't look like everyone else's fight. I have a question for you guys. How many of you guys remember these bracelets from back in the day? Old school WWJD, come on somebody, hashtag WWJD. How many of you guys had that? I don't remember. It was a like the 90s or 2000s, something like that. These WWJD. Oh my goodness, I can't say this, WWJD. And it stands for, what would Jesus do? And I think we need to bring these little bracelets back in this season. Because what we should be asking ourselves in a moment of hurt, in a moment of disappointment, of disagreement, of frustration, of challenges, is not to respond in that moment, but to pause and to think, 
what would Jesus do right now? See, the goal of being a Christ follower is to become more like Christ. And my heart has been so grieved to watch other Christians fighting back and forth or watching us take these these frustrated stances against other people that have brought division. And I think sometimes we need to pause, we need to step back, and we need to realize we don't fight like everyone else fights. And we need to pause and we would go, what would Jesus do in this moment? What would he do in this moment of frustration or disagreement or somebody just hurt me? How would Jesus respond right now? You know, I was actually the other day, I was getting my hair cut. And the girl that that cuts my hair, she goes to our church and her name's Jen. If you need a good hair person, just let me know. I'll give you her contact information. She's amazing. Little plug for her. But as we were sitting there talking, I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to preach this weekend. She said, oh, what are you talking about? And I began to share with her, and we started talking about the WWJD thing. And she's like, man, I think everybody needs that right now in this season. All of us need to pause, and we need to think about these things. And she started telling me a story about something that had happened in her life recently. There was a friend that she had had from high school, and she said, me, me, and the, me and this person, maybe not a friend, but more of an acquaintance, we've known each other for a long time, but she's like, we are on the complete opposite spectrum in everything in life. Her beliefs are totally different than mine. Her values are totally different than mine. Her political views are t- totally opposite of me. There is nothing that we agree on. And she said, you know, everything is polar opposite, and there's like this divide between us. But she said, you know, when I was on Facebook the other day, I saw that she had gotten in a bad car accident. And she said, as I saw that, something just happened inside of me, and I felt like this God nudge. And so she said, I I took out my Venmo account, and I Venmoed her some money. And, and she said, in that moment, I just said, listen, I saw that you were in a car accident. I'm sure that you're out of work, and I'm sure that anything can help. You know, she didn't allow those differences to keep her from making a difference, from loving, from, from going, what would Jesus do in this moment as I'm scrolling through, as this has landed in my heart? How should I respond to what I see? And that girl was like, man, you're the last person that I thought would do this. But what Jen said in that moment is I was just moved with compassion because my heart wasn't for the things that we didn't agree on or focusing on the things that I didn't agree with. It was my heart went out to somebody in need. And I think we need so much more of that in this season that when we're faced with obstacles, when we're faced with disagreement, when we're faced with frustration, that we sit back and we pause for a minute and go, my reaction shouldn't be like everybody else's reaction. I need to pause and I need to go, what would Jesus do right now? Because as Christians, we're to be coming more and more and more like Christ. The scripture continues on in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. And it says, The weapons we use in our fight are not the world's weapons, but God's powerful weapons, which we use to destroy strongholds in every false argument. We pull down every obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God. And listen to me, church. One of the greatest tools that we have as Christians, as believers, is the power of prayer. And I think when we're faced with a battle and we're faced with difficulty, first we have to realize that we don't fight like everybody else. We're not like everybody else. And the second thing that we have to do is to react with prayer. 
See, prayer is one of our greatest weapons, and I think so many times when prayer should be our first response, we actually make it our last resort. You know, when we're faced with something, our first response should be prayer. Like, Lord, how do you want me to deal with this? How do you want me to respond with this? See, because prayer begins to change our perspective in 1 Thessalonians 6, or 5, 16 through 18, it says this, be cheerful no matter what. It says, pray all the time. You know what? Sometimes we think pray all the time. That's so difficult because we, we make prayer this, this crazy, like, eloquent kind of thing. And sometimes it's just this constant conversation with God. And you know what happens is when we have this constant conversation with God, our perspective begins to change. Our heart begins to change. How we see things begins to change. And we begin to have an attitude adjustment because this verse continues on and says, Thank God, no matter what happens, this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ to live. He's saying, listen, you don't respond the same as everybody else. And I've given you this weapon, and I need you to react with prayer in these moments. When you're faced with things that you don't agree with, when you're faced with conflict in your family, when you're faced with a financial situation or a challenge with your kids or your job or whatever it is, saying, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Just go, God, I'm here. Help my heart. Help me walk through this. Help me to, help me to process this correctly. Help me to respond correctly. Listen, so many of us, we want to change the world around us, but it starts with us. It starts in our own home. It starts in our own marriage. It starts in our own personal relationship with God. Listen, church, we lead the way in change. We lead the way in making a difference. Let's not just hope things change or talk about things changing or I wish the government would change or I wish this would change or I wish that person would change. Let's be the one that causes change around us. See, our prayers, they don't just change what's happening around us. They change us, which changes everything. And can I just ask you something? Have you prayed about it as much as you've posted about it? Have you prayed about it as much as you've worried about it? Have you prayed about it at all? Because church, one of our greatest weapons in this war, in this battle, is prayer. Because prayer begins to change the atmosphere of our heart, which changes the atmosphere around us. In 2 Chronicles, it says this, it gives us, I think, the key to the healing of our land, to the healing of our community, to the healing of our nation. And it says this, if my people who are called by my name, that means the church, that means you, Christ follower, would humble themselves. That means humble yourself. That means put yourself in a different position. That doesn't mean that you're always right. That doesn't mean that you always need to respond. It says humble yourself and what? Pray. He says, seek my face. That goes, like, pray without ceasing. This constant conversation, this constant dialogue, this constant connection with God. And turn from your wicked ways. It means you're not responding the same way that you always have. He said, if my people will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear 
from heaven, forgive their sins, and what? Heal their land. Church, it starts with us. It starts with our response in the battle. It starts with how we react in those moments of frustration and tension and and challenges that are before us. We have to realize that we don't react like everyone else. We're not like everyone else. And our first reaction needs to be this weapon of prayer because prayer begins to change us. You know, there was a while back, it was probably, I don't know, 18 years ago or so, that was the last time I was frustrated with TJ. Just kidding. (laughs) It probably happens daily. But we were having some tension in our relationship and our marriage, and man, I just wanted to tear him apart with all of the things that he was doing wrong. And I remember thinking to myself, you know what, before I go into this conversation, before I go unload on TJ, all of the things that he needs to do different, better, all the ways that he's messing up this relationship, before I do that, let me just take some time by myself and pray. And I so remember because it changed the course of this conversation, which really changed the course of our marriage. Because it was a great learning opportunity as I remember saying, you know what, I'm just going to pause for a minute. I'm not going to react out of emotion. I'm not going to go in there with guns blazing. I'm just going to sit back for a second and I'm going to pray. And I began to, to pray that God would prepare TJ's heart for what I was about to say. That he would cause TJ to listen and, you know, all of these different things. And in the process of prayer, do you know what? God, God softened my heart. And I realized that my response needed to be different, and I needed to own up to some of those things. And TJ and I were able to have an incredible conversation that opened the door to so many more conversations that led to a healthy marriage. Simply because we sit back before we respond, we react in prayer. And we take time to sit back and to pray and to evaluate and to go, God, change my heart. Help me to see with your perspective and your heart. You know, can I just say something? Like, it's not wrong to fight for justice and, and all of those different things. Because, listen, I know people have wronged you and hurt you. But can I just say, maybe you should pray for them. I know the lady that yelled at you for walking down the aisle the wrong way in Publix the other day. Maybe instead of reacting in that moment, maybe you should pray for that person because you don't know what they're walking through. You don't know what they're facing. You don't know what's happening in their life. In Matthew 5, 43 through 48, it puts it so beautifully and challenging. It says this, you have heard that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. See, Jesus is saying, listen, that's what the world says. Then he says this, but I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So pray for the lady that screamed at you for not, you know, going down the right way at the grocery store. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you only love those who love you, what reward in there is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. And tax collectors were hated back then in the day. And, he, and Jesus is saying, listen, if you only love those that you agree with, 
If you only love those who love you back, what good is that? Everybody does that. Remember, you are not like everyone else. He goes on to say, if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And listen, what Jesus is saying here is not that you're perfect. He's just saying, listen, the goal as a Christ follower is to be more and more and more like Christ. It's to be on that journey of sitting back and going, WWJD in this moment. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? Listen, you don't have to agree with someone to pray for them. You never know what God will change if you just sit back and you begin to start praying. He might change them and he might change you. But you guys, we have to recognize, listen, we are different. Then we have to react in prayer. And number three is we have to reevaluate our thoughts. The end of that 2 Corinthians 10, 5 verse says this. We take, cap- we take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. So basically it's saying after you realize you're different, after you realize that you have a weapon that is different from the world's weapon, as you begin to pray, then what you need to do is every thought that goes through your mind, you need to take captive and make it obedient to Christ. That means when a thought comes into your head or an emotion comes up and you want to respond, you need to ask yourself, take that thought captive and say, is this helpful? Is this godly? Is this loving? Is it encouraging? Is it coming from the right place or is it coming from a place of frustration, anger, bitterness, resentment, hurt? We have to begin to take captive our thoughts. And I think so many times we think about this verse as a negative verse, like the negative thoughts. Take captive every thought and make it obedient. And it is true. It is about negative thoughts, but that's only a half truth. Because this this verse is also about capturing positive, creative thought and keeping it in our minds. It means stewarding every word, thought, impression, revelation, inspired by the Spirit of God. It's keeping the good thoughts and acting on them as well. It's taking that person that came into your mind and you're not really sure why, is to capture that thought and go, you know what, maybe they need encouragement today. Maybe I need to text them. You know what, I had this thought of helping this person. Maybe I need to pull over the side of the road and help this person that needs their tire changed. Maybe when I think good about someone, I need to begin to say it instead of holding on to that. We have to take captive every thought and make it obey Christ because I think that there is so much good that also comes into our mind that we just let go out of our mind that we need to take captive and be obedient and put into action so that change begins to happen around us. Listen, church, we're not like everybody else. Our first reaction needs to be in prayer. And then... We need to reevaluate our thoughts. To get rid of the things that aren't honoring God, to get rid of the negative thoughts and to ask ourselves, is it helpful, is it godly, is it encouraging? All of those things, does it line up with who God is? And then we need to take those thoughts that do line up with who God is 
And we need to allow those to marinate and we need to take action on those things. Because can I tell you some of the greatest differences, some of the greatest encouragements have happened in my life when people just say, hey, I get a text that says, hey, Shayla, I'm just thinking about you. I want you to know that I'm praying for you this morning. And they have no idea what I was walking through that day, but I needed that. Listen, we need to reevaluate our thoughts, to marinate on the right thoughts, to get rid of the wrong thoughts. And I hope that you guys this week, as you're facing the battle, as you're facing difficulty, as you're facing challenges, that this week you would have a realization that you're not like everybody else. We don't fight like everybody else. We don't respond like everybody else. And I hope that when you're faced with something this week, that your first reaction will be in prayer. And that you will begin to ask yourself in that moment, what would Jesus do? God, change me. What does my response need to look like? And that you'll reevaluate your thoughts. That you'll think about what you're thinking about. Because too many times if we marinate on the wrong things, it causes us to react in the wrong way. So this week, maybe you guys need to get a WWJD bracelet. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have one on because I need to respond more like Christ. So I want to pray for you guys this weekend because I do believe that God wants to change the atmosphere of our nation, of our communities, of our families. But church, where it starts is with you and I. It starts in how we fight our battle. So let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, I thank you that you have given us the tools, the weapons to be able to fight how you want us to fight. And God, I pray that we would have this realization that God, we don't have to be like everybody else. We don't have to respond the way that everyone else responds. That we can take a moment, that we can pause, that we can sit back, that we can reflect, that we can pray, and we can allow you to change our response, that you can al- we can allow you to change the things around us, God, but we recognize that it starts with us today. And Lord, I pray that you would point out anything inside of us right now that may not be where you want it to be. God, that you would begin to change us from the inside out. And this week, as we are more aware of our response, God, that, you would, that, that we would see how much that changes everything. Lord, we thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. I hope you guys have an incredible weekend, and we will see you guys back here next week.